0: Week three, week three, Daniel, talk to me. How you
1: feeling? Week three, we're in. I feel like we're in the, like, before the break, this is going to be a great session, a great segment, just all we're we're talking about. Like, I'm excited to get into a lot of good games this past weekend.
0: Listen, I just feel good because the Raptors put a beat down on the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. Pascal Siakam is looking good. No one can stop the spin cycle. Scottie is <laughs> looking all right. We all looking good. You know what I'm saying? If the Raptors are doing good, we all doing good. But you know what? We're here to talk you sports basketball. Let's get into it. My name is Deshaun Stevens. I'm Daniel Noel. And welcome to the Balling Up podcast, the show where we talk about university ball up here in Canada. Daniel, we're coming off a good weekend of youth sports men's and women's basketball a lot to talk about so let's just get straight into it okay let's start in the OUA on the women's side all right big game we had the number three Queens Gales versus the Waterloo Warriors and Queens won that game 70 to 63 Julia Chadwick had 19 points 12 rebounds while Laura Donovan had 17 points for Queens and then for Waterloo Vanessa Hughes continued her reign of terror with a game high 28 points while Summer Paul had twelve points, twelve rebounds, and a double double,
1: Queens came away with this win. Daniel, what are your thoughts on this game? I think like you highlighted what I need to highlight because Vanessa Hughes. I wanted to get I wanted to talk about Vanessa Hughes. She deserved more love. Like I said last week, she's averaging twenty points per game, and she showed out against Queens, top five team in the nation, scoring twenty eight points. All right, but here this game though, all right, Queens got into an 18-4 lead at one point in the game. It was eighteen to four. But what I liked about this Waterloo team is they they back. You know what? They're down 18-4, but going into the fourth, it was 44-40. Like Waterloo had a chance to actually like take over and win this game, and I think facing that adversity of like, oh, you know what? It's Queens. They were a little nervous at first, but after they got once the nerves were gone, they settled down, and you know what? Losing 70 to 63, and that's your first L of the season is coming to Queens. That's a positive.
0: I have to agree with you. I think for this
1: Waterloo team, we're learning a lot about this team as they go.
0: Historically, Waterloo women's have not been the best basketball team. And for them to start out 4-0 was a shock to everybody. And then here they are against a top five team in the nation, and they give them a run for their money. Like you said, slow start, but they made it close. And Vanessa Hughes, she's for real. She is truly one of the best scorers in the country. And there's a reason why she's top five in points per game in the country. And for her to ball out, bring one of her best performances, continue to be consistent against a top five team in the nation, I think it shows the entire country Uh, that she's really one of the bright spots of the OUA right now. So I think even though Waterloo went into that game and took their first L to do it in that fashion against a top five team, they earned a lot of respect from a lot of people in the OUA uh, women's basketball scene. So Uh, Big ups to Waterloo. And as for Queens, I mean, I think we expect them to win this game. Uh, Mm -hmm. Julia Chadwick, she's having another great season. She had a great double-double. And then Laura Donovan pitched in with 17 points. They got scores all over the court. And we talked about Queens being a team that could challenge for OUA Women's Championship this year. And they were able to take down a really great Waterloo team. So I think this was a great game. I think this was a statement game for both teams. uh, But I think we're learning a lot about Waterloo women's as we go. Let's move over to the AUS but stay in the women's scene because there was an important four-point game last week the number eight Acadia Axe women took on SMU the SMU Huskies and SMU won that game 79 to 72 Sophia Wigminger had 28 points while Elena McMillan had 19 points on the Acadia side Haley McDonald had 21 points Daniel talk to me what are
1: your thoughts about this game listen Last week, I was really pumped for this game because at the time, it was number five Acadia versus number nine, St. Mary's. And you know what's so funny? I'm here wondering, like, is they going to say SMU or St. Mary's? But I like, I'm, we're sticking to SMU, all right? Listen, fun fact about Acadia. Listen, they won three out of the last four AUS titles, all right? This is a team that was expected to win. their ranked number one, okay? But St. Mary's came out. They won this match of 79 to 72. However, that final score does not tell the whole story. I went back. I looked at this game. SMU at one point was leading 40 to 15, all right? 40 to 15. Acadia did fight back and brought it with, within seven in the third, but you could just tell SMU ha- had full control over this game. Like you said, Sophia Wittemeyer, 28 points, seven steals in that game, and then Elena McMillan is there beside her, averaging 16 points per game. They're nine and one, all right? And they're on my radar. and I think it should be on everyone's radar right now. SMU Women's.
0: But Sophia Woodmire, 28 points. She's a name I think I've heard you say before. And for her to ball out in a four-point game against a, another ranked team, which at the time was a top-ten matchup, that's as big as it gets. When you have two top-ten teams facing off against each other, right? For her to pull up 28 points and Elena McMillan 19 points, that's solid. I thought SMU would win the game, to be honest with you. I'm not mm. surprised to see this. I, I, I actually thought SMU was going to win this game. So for me, not surprised to see this. Let's stay in the AUS, but now switch over to the men's side. All right, we have the number seven currently, number seven, Saint FX X Men. They took on the current number 10 ranked Dalhousie Tigers. And this was a crazy game. Again, another four point game. Saint FX won this game 91 to 88 in overtime. Dion Eggium had 30 points, 13 rebounds, while Aven Nava had 20 points, and Naginga Nagala had 24 points. Poor Dalhousie.
1: Talk me through this game, Daniel. I think the craziest stat from this game is not Edgman's 30 points, 13 rebounds. It's the fact that St. FX did not lead the game until overtime. They didn't lead the game until overtime, all right? They were down seven but seven to nine points the whole entire game. Dalhousie just kept it. But St. FX fought back. They kept fighting back. And you know what? Taking it into overtime, and they played away too on the road. And we know Dow, like, Dow, listen, here's this crazy stat. I feel like a historian right now. But in the last 13 years, Dow has won eight AUS titles. All right? That's just impressive. And they're currently on a three-peat. And in the last 10 matchups that they played, San FX, they won nine out of those, nine out of those games. So it's like everyone's just, like, saying, okay, Dow is going to win. Like, they've been running the AUS. But this was a big game for San FX. I know it's not a playoff game or whatever. But it's a statement to show that, hey, like Dow, you guys are not the only kings in the AUS anymore. I, I think St. FX is that team that is gunning for that AUS title and even more. And I think we've both kind of been on that
0: wave for the last couple of months. St. FX has looked really good. Again, they've had a couple players go to CBL, come back and do their thing. And you see the improvement in that team. The biggest thing I'm looking at from St. FX in this game is the fact that Three players had 10 or more points, and none of them were named David (laughs) Moycat. And I think that's a good thing for them. David Moycat only had six points. Yep, nine rebounds. Exactly, six points, nine rebounds. But I'm looking at Edgem, he had 30 points. I'm looking at Nava, he had 20 points. And then I'm looking at Levanek, and he had 10 points. So you had three different players score double digit points, and none of them were your top player. I think that just goes to show how deep this team is when it comes to scoring. I think for a lot of people coming into this season, we thought it would just be the David Wynkamp show. And he would just kind of like recap over everybody and, you know, drop double doubles every game and just, you know what I'm saying, lead this team to wins and be that shining star. But we learned in this game, like you just said, against the defending a U S champions who are in the midst of a three peat that this NFX team has weapons everywhere. So I think for them, like, this was, of course, they won the game, and it's a statement game, but it's such a statement in so many ways. One, they're coming for that conference championship. But two, now we know that they have more than just one weapon. In fact, they got four. And probably anyone in this lineup could drop 20 or more on any given night. So I think that's a big highlight for St. FX. I think this was a big statement win. And listen, I'm looking at St. FX and, and Dalhousie in the final for this conference. I think that's what it's going to come down to, St. FX versus Dalhousie. And I think people are going to be looking at this game and saying, damn, this might be uh, some
1: foreshadowing of what we'll see to come in the AUS. I think we have to shout out like David Muenca, like you said, like Avin Nava, Antoine Vernon, Dion Edgen, Like These are guys that he played with in high school. These guys are all on one high school team in the grade 11, grade 12 years. So now Edgem and Vernon, they went out to play. Vernon played at Oregon State. Edgem played at Illinois, Chicago, played D1, got their experience, came back. And now it's like you got better during the time that you guys weren't together during high school. And now they're a powerhouse in the U sport and the AUS. So it's really good and like nice to see that Muenca has helping people around him to make the team better.
0: Yeah, and even I'm looking at Muenca's stat line, he only took five shots the whole game. He only took five shots. And what I like about that is that it shows me that this is a young man who can recognize, okay, this teammate is hot, let him roll with the ball. Let him continue being hot. This is a star who can take a step back and let his teammates shine. And that's a rare thing that you see in not just basketball, but any sport. A star that can look to his teammates and say, listen, I recognize Edgem has the hot hand tonight. I'm going to let him do his thing. I'm going to step back and I'm going to just support him. I'm going to grab my boards, grab my nine boards, do my thing, set my screens, play off ball, and see if we can get this win. So I think you got to shout out David Moinkat because, again, A star that knows when to step back and let someone else step up for the greater good of the team. Only five shots. Two for five. Let's get Mm -hmm. some questions. Yes, sir. Let's jump over from the AUS back to the OUA. UFT men's. Y'all know you can't listen to this podcast and not hear us talk about UFT or talk about any Toronto team. Any
1: Toronto team. Any Any Toronto Toronto team. You know what I'm saying? (laughs)
0: Yeah, you know you you know you're gonna hear us talk about at least one Toronto team. And in this case, it's UFT men's because the UFT men's basketball team right now are seven and one and first place in the OUA Central Division. Daniel, let me ask you right now. Seven and one, first place in the central division. Is this team for real?
1: Listen, I'm 50-50 on this team, all right? Seven and one is impressive, all right. I don't think they're an OUA championship contender yet, from what I have seen so far till this day. But they play Queens this weekend, I think after that, I can give you an, a true answer and opinion on this team. Because truth be told, they're seven and one. You know what? They they beat out Goma, they beat Laurentian, Nipissing. Okay, cool. When you played Brock, they lost 87-69 at home. But again, that was their first game of the season, and to be honest. Their star point guard, Callum Baker, was out too. And Callum Baker's a D1 transfer from Fairleigh Dickinson, all right? And he's averaging just under 20 points per game for this UFT team. But right now, I'm 50 50. I still need to see some more. And I feel like after they play Queens, then I'll be able to say, okay, you know what? I think they're contenders or maybe even pretenders. Who knows? I'm looking at who this team beat. They beat TMU
0: two times, Laurier, York, Algoma, Nipissing, and Laurentian. None of those are top tier OUA teams. I think once we see them face Queens, the number three team in the nation at this moment in time, we'll learn more about them. I'm looking at who this team be right now, and I'm saying they just—they've just had a very winnable schedule so far. <laughs> okay, uh, so seven and one again, though. Great to see from a Toronto team. I'm all about that. But at this moment in time, are they for real? We cannot say they are for real yet. We will know once they face. A uh, legitimate challenge, and that legitimate challenge, as we've already stated, will be the number three Queens Gales. Yeah.
1: Right now they run Toronto, but like can they run like the OUA Central? Like we'll see. But I think Queens, like you said and I said, it's a good matchup for them. They played Brock and again, it's the first game. You know what? There's nerves, there's everything, whatever. But now you're well into the season. There's no excuses. Queens versus UFT. UFT, show me what you got. There you go.
0: I'm with you on that. Okay, here we go. Now let's stick on the men's side. And let's jump from the OUA over to Canada West, stick on the men's side, and let's talk about the Brandon Bobcats. They also are 7-1, and and they are first place in the Canada West Conference. They are first place in the bloodbath Canada West Conference. I'm going to ask you again,
1: Brandon, is this team for real? Honestly, yo, this year, (laughs) I think they're for real, man. I think they're for real, okay? I did my research about this team. They're 7-1 and one right now. Do you know their record last year? Talk to me. 4-15 and 15 last season. They're 7-1 and one right now. And last year when they were 4-15, two of those wins came within the same week. So they went a long time without winning games. But this year, I just see completely rebuild. Like, it's just a different program. They're led by Anthony Kelly, who was a third team Canada West last year. Now, this year, he's averaging 22 points, 11 rebounds. All right? with 55% from the field. So more than half of his shots are going in. All right? Listen, they also brought in some Juco transfers as well, too. Kari Ojeda Harvey, who's averaging 17 points, five assists on the year, all right? So he brought more help. Alongside him is Jamal Gardner as well, which is another Juco transfer from New York. And he's averaging 20 points per game as well. Like, this team has five players who are averaging double digits right now. So I think this is a team that's like, oh, okay, now, they're not just playing easy competition as in, like, U of T's case per se, but they're actually producing it as well too. We have five players double digits. Like, this is a team that could score with the Queens and the Bronx of like just the whole U Sports. I'm heavy on them. I think they turned a new corner from being four and 15 last season. I think this is a team that we need to watch out for. Brandon University.
0: Anthony Tessa Kelly, again, another player who played in the CBL this past season. He played last season and this past season. Uh, For the Saskatchewan Rattlers, what what we're tending to see as we talk about these teams every week is there's always going to be what we're starting to see is there's always players who are standing out in U Sports basketball who spent their summer in the CEBL, played professionally alongside top tier talent, learned from veterans who played all over the world, whether it be in China, in Lithuania, in Spain, in the NBA G League. Some of these people have played in the NBA. They are these U Sports players are learning from these older heads, these OGs, and they're bringing their skills back to Canadian University basketball, and they're dominating. Now, I'm looking at their wins. They beat Regina. They beat UPC Oga- Okanagan two times, right? They beat Lethbridge, we remember, beat UVic, and then they beat Sask two times. So that's not really like an easy walk in the park type of schedule. Yeah. Sask was in a U Sport
1: final literally exactly. less than 10 months ago.
0: Yeah. So that's not a walk in the park. These are, these are some legit teams. So I'm looking at Brandon and I'm saying, listen, this is a team who I think you and I didn't expect to kind of rise up in the Canada West Conference. I think everyone just looked at it and said, like, it's going to be the UBCs of the world and, um, and the UVics of the world. But Brandon, like you said, they're 7-1, and one, but they're also equipped with five different players who can give you double digits, who can average double digits, and they're led by a player who just played professionally in the CBL during the summer. So <laughs> that seems to me that seems to me like that's as good as it gets. Yeah, it's Utah legit, man. Team, right? That's as good as it gets right there. And that, that seems to be the formula if you want to compete in 2022 and have a chance at winning your conference and winning a national championship, right? So this is a pattern that keeps on coming up. Brandon's there. They're there. I think they're for real. Now, we'll see how they fare against the UVICs when that time comes and the UBCs when that time comes. But until then, I'm saying they're for real. They're a team that we should pay attention to in the Canada West. And I think they're going to be a team that we're talking about come late March when it comes to the U sports national championships. Before we wrap up, let's talk top 10. As always, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) This week's top 10 at number one for men's. We're starting with the men's for number one. You have the Carlton Ravens who are currently six and one at number two, Victoria six and two at number three, the Queensgales have moved up. And now we're number three in the nation, at a, sitting at a seven and zero record. At number four, the Ottawa Gigi, six and one. Number five, the Brock Badgers have fallen; they're six and one. At number six, your favorite team, the Alberta Golden Bears, still in there at number six with a three three <laughs> record. <laughs> at number seven, St. FX, they're nine and one. Number eight, Lakehead six and two. Number nine, UBC three and three. And number ten, Dalhousie they are five and three. Daniel, do you have anything to say about this week's U
1: Sports men's basketball top ten? Yeah, I just have a question. What what record looks better, three and three or nine and one? <laughs> but you you get you get where I'm trying to go here, though. You know what I mean? Like you have an Alberta team who's three and three last week. They're in the middle of the pack, and they're still here again, middle of the pack. Over St. effects who just beat Dalhousie in a very like you know AUS rivalry matchup. Like I I think. The top five, like, I, I like those teams. I just change around the order. I probably put Queens one, Brock two, Carlton three, Ottawa four. You know what I mean? But any of those four teams can change around. But just having, like, you there still is, like, I don't know how I feel about that. I think St. FX has proved that they're a top five team with the talent that they have. Like you said, there's, it's not just David Muencat. Um, UBC, I think, I think their time in the top ten is done. Like we were heavy on them, I was heavy on them. Let me say I was heavy on them. But right now they haven't shown that top ten worthiness yet. When you have Brandon who's seven and one, they're not on the list, but they're in the same conference. You have the University of Manitoba who's five and one in the same conference as UBC and Alberta with better records, but they're not on the top ten. So I feel like that from six to ten needs a lot of changing up, but like five and above is okay. Listen,
0: you just, you got to just accept it now. Alberta is a bona fide top 10 team in the nation. Okay, they're not coming off the list anytime soon. All right. Oh, as long as they're 500 or more, they will be on this list. Listen, for me, outside of Alberta, I, I don't have any problems with the teams on this list. I do think UBC on that list, kind of you're kind of stretching it a little bit. Brandon deserves to be on this list. I will say that. I think Cinefex deserves to be a little bit higher. You're 9-1, okay? And I think, uh, I think Dalhousie, keeping them on is good. Lakehead, I feel like they just think Lakehead is a fluke, and they're just waiting for Lakehead to lose a couple games so they can kick them off the list.
1: And that's exactly what I think will happen. Because like, don't get me wrong, like, Lakehead did lose to McMaster. McMaster is always a tough team that you're not just going to walk over. Like, whatever. And they lost to them, but they still kept them at 8. But they didn't even move like Alberta. Like, you know, you could have moved Lakehead up and keep Alberta at nine or eight and keep Moose same effects up to five. But it's just like they just wanted to keep everything stagnant. Like the bottom six, bottom six hasn't changed, I'm pretty sure, from last week. Yeah. Like, all that <laughs> So I don't know. I, I don't agree with it. I think the top five teams, like I said, they deserve to be there. Um, but six to 10 could use some changing around because you have three and three teams there while there's seven and one teams that are, you know, are playing well basketball right now. How about this? I have a question for you.
0: This is the 31st consecutive week that the Carlton Ravens have been number one on this list. <laughs> they've been, they've been number one on the U sports men's basketball top 10 for 31 consecutive weeks. Do you see at any point this season, another team, becoming number one and bumping Carlton out of that spot. Sheesh.
1: Truthfully, I know this is kind of goes into our next segment of well, what games we're looking forward to, but Carlton plays Brock, all right, and they play Ottawa. I think there's going to be a lot of change-up in the rankings after, like, next week when we talk and we sit and meet, because Brock plays Carlton and Ottawa this weekend. I feel like any team could win, like, in any games. Like, everyone could win one, lose one. So... I think there's going to be some change up there, and I feel like this is the perfect time for Queens to get pole vaulted into number one, which I deserve they should have been in last week.
0: I was going to ask you that. So you think at some point this season we'll see the Queens scales as the number one team in the nation?
1: I think as soon as next week, I think Brock could beat Carlton and Ottawa, but I also think Carlton could beat Brock as well too. So I think whatever happens in that game, then you'll see Queens move up to number one. And the fact like Queens already beat Carlton too, so why aren't they already number one to begin with? But like you said, there's a history and everything like that. But yeah. after this weekend, we'll see.
0: Listen, you said it last week. History says last year in the playoffs, Queens beat Carlton. Queens beat Ottawa. You see what I'm saying? But I do believe Queens deserves to be number one in the nation. I truly believe that right now. You're looking at this team, they're 7-0, and and they've beaten the number one team in the nation. That's all you need. That is the formula right there. You beat the number one team. If you're already, if you're already top five, you're undefeated and you beat the current number 1 team in the nation, you should be number 1 in my opinion. So I think Queens should be number 1. We'll see if we see that any point this season. Only time will tell. Let's move over to the women's list. Here we go. My Regina Cougar still sitting at number 1. Uh, Bishop's Gators at number 2. They are currently sitting at 5 and 0. Queens Queens Women's is also number 3 in the nation at 8 and 0. UFV sitting at 7 and 1 and the number 4 spot Winnipeg Westman Five and one at number five. Ottawa Gigi's are sixth in the nation with a seven and oh record. The Guelph Griffins are number seven in the nation with a six and oh record. Acadia Axe women are eighth in the nation with a five and two record. Number nine are the Carlton Ravens sitting at six and one. And number 10 are the, are the Alberta Pandas sitting at five and one. Quick thing before we start I find this so confusing how the University of Alberta for the men's teams they're called Golden Bears and for the women's teams they're called Pandas. <laughs> Choose one damn name. Choose one damn name. Okay? Don't come to me with men's teams are called Golden Bears, women's teams are called Pandas. Choose one damn name. Okay? Golden Pandas or something like that. Something like that. As you can tell, we're we're not big fans of Alberta on this podcast. Too much foolishness with that school, bro. Too much foolishness. Come on, man. Golden Bears and then Pandas? One name.
1: All right, talk to me. What What are your thoughts on this list? I look at it. And I'm like, okay, top five, it's understandable. I think, like, you can replace Ottawa with Winnipeg. I think you could do that. I'm mm-hmm. actually a big fan of Ottawa, Bridget Lefkoe, like She's great. Um, eight is where I get my confusion. It's like, you have five and two Acadia at number eight, but then nine and one SMU who just beat Acadia is not on the list. After they were on the list last week, they're at 10, they beat a top 10 team, and then they got moved out the rankings. I don't understand how that logic works. Um, other than that, I don't even have too much complaints. So I think Guelph is actually a good team that we need to look out for. Um, Carlton as well. But I feel like SMU has deserved that spot, and Acadia is the only two-loss team on this list. And I, since SMU just beat Acadia, I think it's fair to say that SMU deserves their spot. Honestly, I agree with you. And I think what makes it even worse,
0: I think what makes SMU not being on this list even worse is that they're replaced by Alberta. <laughs> the team which we clearly have a problem with. <laughs> the team that doesn't know which name to choose. They don't know which name to choose. They got two different names, two different logos. They don't know what to go by. Um, but I think SMU deserves to be on this list. Listen, you be the, you be the top 10 team that's ranked above you, you deserve to stay in the top 10. That's just the reality. There doesn't need to be any more explanation. Come on, that's ridiculous. Let's close the chapter on the top 10 for this week. Let's see if they get it right next week. Before we sign off though, Daniel, can you talk me through just one game you're looking forward to this week? Just one game.
1: You know, you got at me for not mentioning his name, you know, but Thomas Kennedy. Number eight, (laughs) Lakehead. They play Windsor and Thomas Kennedy. And honestly, I think Lakehead coming off the loss gets your massive. I think Windsor's in a good spot to, like, upset Lakehead, you know. I, I don't talk about Windsor enough. I don't talk about Thomas Kennedy enough. But here you have it. That's a game that I'm looking forward to because I feel like it's going to be a good game. Like, these two teams are very scrappy. And you said Windsor deserves to be ranked. I think this is a game where, you know, they could, if they win, they might get ranked at, like, number 10 and, like, kick out UBC out of the top 10. So I'm looking forward to that game.
0: I agree with you on that. Listen, you got Lakehead, the ranked team that's been stirring the pot in the OUA versus probably the most must-watch non-ranked team in the country in Windsor with Thomas Candy and them boys. So, I think that's going to be a big matchup. I'd love to see Thomas Candy, Michael O'Fore share the floor together and see what mm-hmm. that looks like because you got two, you know, powerhouses two great scores going at each other i want to see that that's going to be showtime Uh, but i agree with you i think this is going to be windsor's time to probably slip into that top 10 if they pick up that win and i think a lot of people want to see lakehead pick up another loss and slip out of that top 10 so i got that as a game to watch this week as well but i wish we had more time and we don't the reality is all good things must come to an end we've come to the end of another great episode If you're listening to this, make sure as you're listening to this, make sure you're also taking time to study for your midterms and your finals. We don't want people dropping out of school or anything like that. Stay in school. All right. Get your grades right. But this is Deshaun Stevens, Daniel Noel, signing off from another week of the Ballin' Up podcast. Peace and blessings always.